0: Hey, everybody, Fran Freshella here, and welcome to World of Basketball, the podcast that shrinks the basketball globe for you and brings you guests from the NBA, college, EuroLeague, FIBA, you name it. We've had them on, and uh, today's a very special 75th episode because uh, we've got a brother combination. Uh, Franz Wagner and Mo Wagner currently playing for the Orlando Magic. Franz has been on the show before as a member of the Michigan Wolverines pre-draft. And both of these young men hail from Berlin, Germany. Both are in the midst of uh, burgeoning NBA careers, and particularly Franz, who is a rookie and just absolutely uh, killing it. Let's put it that way. Uh, He continues his stellar season. He had 26 points and eight rebounds earlier in the week. In a loss to the Denver Nuggets, um, he's playing great basketball. He'll be among the top three vote-getters for NBA Rookie of the Year. And uh, we got more on him in a little while. Josh Giddy continues to impress. The Aussie has done something that very few players in NBA history have done. In fact, only one other player did it. And that is three consecutive uh, triple-doubles. He's now the youngest, the second youngest, and the third youngest, and the fourth youngest (laughs) player in NBA history to record a triple-double. Of course, he ties Oscar Robertson as the only rookies in NBA history to record three straight double-doubles. And when you're mentioned in the same breath as Oscar Robertson, trust me, you're doing something right. He also has tied a record with Luka Doncic as the most triple-doubles by a teenager in NBA history. And uh, it's just absolutely unbelievable what he's accomplishing. And by the way, the magic uh, are going to be pretty good in the near future, playing a lot of young guys. And Franz Wagner is going to be a big part of that. Uh, also um, we've had Dyson Daniels and other Aussie on lately. Franz Wagner, Josh Giddy, Dyson Daniels will be featured in the NBA all-star weekend. They're all playing in the rising stars game and, and, My producer sidekick, Christopher Tyler, you got to like the idea that the Aussies are well represented, uh, not only on this great podcast, but also NBA All-Star Weekend. You are a big fan, I might add, of Josh Giddey.
1: Absolutely. Everyone in Australia is a big fan of Josh Giddey. I think you can tell how excited I am about him by the length of the notes of, uh, that I sent across to you for the monologue today, just (laughs) to give everyone a peek behind the curtain. Sometimes the notes that we have from monologue are a little bit on the short side, but after what Josh giddy has been doing, particularly in the last week, as you said, three straight triple doubles, I just wanted to be able to put in all those stats there, give everyone a (laughs) bit of a taste of as to what Josh Giddy he's been able to do. The trajectory that he's on right now is has hasn't been seen before. Even, even Ben Simmons, wasn't doing stuff like this. Obviously, he didn't play uh, for until, you know, he was, he was a little bit older. He, he took that first year off because he was injured. Um, but the way that Josh is playing, man, he's on track to maybe have the most successful NBA career out of any Australian. At the it's, moment, it's you'd strange. probably say it's Bogut. But yeah. I think he's well on track to... to be more successful than Bogut. Like, I think what numbers you're also are saying
0: is there's a chance he's going to be playing for the Boomers, the national team, sooner than later. Not a chance.
1: Man? Not not just a chance. It's it's a shoe in It's a lock. He is playing for the Boomers. That's all we care about. If Ben doesn't want to play, that's fine. We don't need Ben Simmons. Although maybe maybe playing now with Paddy in um, in Brooklyn's yes. going to help him a yep. bit. I think having Paddy as his mentor there will really get him in the right space to play for the Boomers, and that'll be fantastic. But even so, if he chooses. To stay clear of the national team, we have Josh Giddy. He is the next star for the, for the Boomers, and it is so exciting for everyone in Australia to be able to watch this kid do what he's been doing.
0: Yeah, and Patty Mills, uh, I, I also a recent guest on World of Basketball, or started our second season, actually, and a uh, great mentor for Ben. And actually, I think this is going to be great for Ben to go with P- Patty. You and I discussed this this summer. I kind of mentioned it to Boomers head coach, Brian Gorge. and By the way, that was a great podcast. If you haven't heard that one, uh, that was a, just a fabulous basketball podcast. But, um, you know, I, we both felt that Ben would have benefited from being with the Boomers this summer, uh, just from, a honestly, a mental health yeah. perspective, being around guys that would have cocooned him and, uh, you know, befriended him, if you will. I think he would have had a great experience. But, hey, the uh, World Cup qualifiers are going on. Uh, 23 comes quick enough, and then obviously 24, Paris. So uh, uh, absolutely Aussie basketball as we leave one generation with, you know, Joe Ingles and Della Vadova and Patty getting up in years. Uh, the Aussie basketball family is developing these young stars, which is great to see. I know I know you're going to enjoy that, Chris, uh, of all of careers. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, some sad news. We want to send our very best to Jonathan uh, Chamuachachua, a young man that plays at Baylor, who's been a World of Basketball guest, a great kid. Chris, I was about 40 feet from him on Saturday when he had the the knee injury. I'll just say this. um, It's a significant knee injury. They've had the surgery already. We did a Baylor game last night, as you know, down in Lubbock. Uh, We had a great picture of John in, in, in recovery, in his hotel uh, hotel, in his hospital room. Uh, we just want to send our best to Jonathan. I can tell you from talking to coach drew many coaches around the country have reached out to coach drew. Um, a lot of people in the Waco community, a lot of basketball people have reached out to the basketball family at Waco and they just want to send their best to John. He, he has the name every day John for a reason because that young man brings it every day. And, uh, you know, it's a really sad situation. But if anybody can fight back, it'll be it'll be every day, John.
1: Yeah. How significant do you think this is for the Baylor Bears National Championship prospects? Because he's obviously a big part of that team. They've had a lot of injuries throughout this season, to be yeah. honest. Like they've they've really been banged up. How significant do you think this will be to uh, Well, it, the it, it's Jets?
0: significant? I, I'll tell you, they were undefeated until they started those these injuries to Akinjo and to LJ Cryer and Adam Flagler missed some games. Suhan um, as well. So, that's right. Another guest, Jeremy Sohan Sohan has been on the show. Um, yeah, it's significant. I, I watched them last night. And they actually played great in the first half. They ran into a second half Texas Tech team that got hot. Um, so the short answer is they are still an elite level team, elite, elite eight level team. And they got to get everybody healthy, but uh, they're going to miss John. But you know what, Jeremy Sohan and Kendall Brown, the two freshmen, and um, are going to get opportunities. They're going to be NBA first-round picks likely this year. So they're going to get a chance to show what they can do. So, uh, you know, again, we send our best out to everyday John, and uh, we, we pray for a speedy recovery. Hey, Gonzaga's on a roll. Um, Andrew Nemhart running the ship there. They're number one in the country now. Uh, obviously, Arizona, Kentucky, and Purdue also in the top seven. We've had guests on from five of the top seven teams in college basketball, you know, with Christian Coloco, Oscar Shibwe, uh, uh, big, uh, Zach 80, big, big big Zach 80. So uh, uh, back college basketball has been well represented on the world of basketball podcast. Hey, um, if you like what we're doing, make sure you rate and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast, give us a five-star rating. Uh, We love bringing this to you every week. All right. Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner, playing for the Orlando Magic, and two special young men from Germany. And they give you great insight on their journeys, on their journeys through college, and now the NBA. Enjoy. Gentlemen, you're coming off a road trip. I know you got in late, and uh, I just appreciate your time today. How are you guys doing?
2: Doing good, man. How are you?
3: Good. Thanks for having us, man.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. Now, first of all, a lot of people don't realize this. Uh, you guys are roommates. You you're, you drive to practice. I understand. What what's that been like? You haven't seen each other in a few years. Uh, what's the roommate situation like, Franz? Oh, with the older brother.
2: No, it's great. Um, we have a we have a big house. It's easy. Can split everything financially. So we we got a little bigger place than than we would normally. And um, no, we're enjoying living together like you said we we were in together for i think it was six years so um i think it's really cool like you said we we go to work every day together especially spend the whole day together and um also find find time to, to give each other some space um you know i think that's important too but no it's been it's been definitely a lot of fun
0: mo you came over to uh university of michigan while your brother was still kind of growing up in berlin and What's it like that you're together with him now and uh, just kind of reconnecting with little brother?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, we've we've always had a very close relationship. Um, I would say growing up together, obviously similar interests, the little brother always trying to kind of be like the older brother, but it was a very healthy dynamic. You know, I think every brother pair knows how that works. And uh, we've always had similar interests and talked about these things together and obviously dreamed about it too in a way and then uh, me going to college that was maybe the, the, the biggest regret or only regret I had that you just don't see those years of your brother growing up in a very crucial time of, I don't know, growing up period um and you kind of miss out on that obviously and the closest guy in your life is gone and you're in college in your own in your own social environment so that was the one regret and uh, i'm happy we can kind of catch up on that now obviously in a different environment he's a total different human being i am now he's an adult and he's not my little brother anymore because at some at a certain point it's just level-headed so it's the same level so um Yeah, I've been enjoying it just as much as Franz, and it's been a very organic process.
0: Yeah, and Franz, last year, you know, Mo uh, joined the Magic at the end of the year, and it looked good for him. He played well, I remember. And then all of a sudden, what was it like the night you got drafted by the Orlando Magic with the idea that Mo would be around?
2: Um, I mean, yeah, it was a crazy night for sure. Uh, I mean, draft night, obviously, is I know where you're going, and um, or the living situation, all that. So that was a lot at once. Um, but I think I think it wasn't clear if Mo was gonna be with the with the Magic at the time. But I, I remember obviously I was kind of hoping, um, you know, to kind of envisioning that it would be definitely a lot of fun to, um, not just play together, but um, also do all this other stuff together. You spend so much time on the road. Um, I think it's been really helpful for me to, uh, to have him with me.
0: How did he adjust? How did how did he make how did he make your adjustment to the NBA easier? What what's some of the advice he gave you?
2: Um, I mean, just just by seeing how he works, I think um, leading by example, I think is a is a thing that Mo does really well. How disciplined he is, how he goes about his work, and then I think just being together, it's a lot easier to take your mind off of the game. Sometimes, um, I think that was that was important for me to learn that. Um, You know, you got to find a balance. There's so many games um, and so much basketball that, that at least for me, um, I feel a lot better and a lot more motivated going into games when I know that sometimes there's a little break um, afterwards.
0: You're going to be a very good NBA player. You're off to a great start. Do Do you often think, man, like I could be in Sacramento right now or, you know, Minnesota and probably be playing well, but it might not be quite the same because you have somebody that you trust so much giving you this kind of advice.
2: Um, I mean, I definitely, I'm definitely very aware of, um, you know, the opportunity that I get here and, um, you know, how how good everything has been working out and how Mo has been a part of that. Um, and um, part of that is obviously the, the franchise too. Um, I mean, no, those, those are all things that you can't really control beforehand and you just kind of, um, you know, give your best in practice and stuff and then um, hope that everything goes well. But um, no, I'm definitely, um, you know, very thankful for how everything turned out.
0: All right, Bo, you didn't see your brother, you know, uh, full time for a number of years because you came over here. Are there nights on the court where you guys are out there and you're watching a little brother and go, damn, man, I didn't know he could do that.
3: Oh, yeah, every <laughs> night. Every night. I mean, people people forget. Like, I've never played with Franz, so that four that four and a half difference is just big enough that we never got to play against uh, with each other or against each other than when we were younger. So for me, that was a new experience too. And it's obviously to to see somebody. I would be impressed if he wasn't my brother. And then to realize, oh, he's my brother, is like a whole different different thing. So no, for sure. Like I have conversations with other players where I'm like, yo, I like they look at me and it's like. What did your parents say? I "I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I I didn't know he had that, you know, like it's it's pretty impressive how how poised he is for his age and how experienced and um, how much people around him learn from him. It's uh, it's it's pretty incredible for being only like people forget that he's only 20 years old. Um, I forget that sometimes. um, And that speaks to his maturity level for sure.
0: Yeah, you're the old man. You're 24, man. You're, yeah, you're it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right right. So I got to ask you, because I, I remember, Mo, when your mom came to the Big Ten tournament at the Garden, mm-hmm. and uh, man, it seems like yesterday. But if I remember talking to you guys, was there basketball? in your, Obviously, Albert Berlin. Let's explain to people who are listening. And we have a lot of European and German friends on my podcast but Albert Berlin is a kind of a great basketball program. What's the basketball history in your family was there any I can't remember
3: no so my mom my mom was a very talented athlete um but she would never like do anything competitive, competitively <laughs> yeah we'll give her we, we'll give her a tough time about her anti-competitiveness in a sense and our dad is the opposite our dad is Crazy competitive, sometimes a little annoying in a sense. And he was a handball player in East Germany and very good, really, really talented as well. But then back then, times were so different with the German reunion that he decided to become a doctor rather than pursue his athletic dreams. And it was just such a different time back then. So he went to Berlin and, and, and went to study and went to med school. So um total different environment but no nobody ever played basketball we were kind of the first ones to to touch the basketball
0: well team handball man I love that sport that you guys are kind of did you guys that's like a pretty rough sport it's like a combination of water polo basketball on the ground did you guys play that growing up that's a tough sport
3: no heck no I was was playing it in school like just like a school and uh in class but it's a rough sport. It's it's underrated in terms of brutality. I Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I I don't know how people do that. It's a pretty. It's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, as it, bad as uh, some NBA referees are, uh, but you don't have to answer that. I'd love right. to see them in handball. You know. <laughs> All right. So, both of you, both of you guys, but Mo, you were the pioneer. You could have easily stayed at Albert Berlin grew through that program and then obviously played professionally either in the NBA or in Europe. Why? Uh, Franz told me this last year about how he had no bad choice between coming to college and, and staying in the club team. Why was your decision? What was your decision to come to the United States and go to Michigan?
3: Well, I mean, you described it pretty well. It, it, I could have easily just stay over there in a sense and like kind of, kind of do that whole program and, Um, but back then there was, first of all, you wouldn't, there weren't as many German people in the NBA system yet. So like there was no blueprint, you know, and to me, I wasn't on the radar really. And I wasn't aware of the fact that scouting is as, I don't know, prominent as it is right now over there in Europe. And I also wasn't confident in the fact that I would play in the EuroLeague at an early age. So To me, I I somehow had to find a way to get on the radar. And at the same time, I've always wanted to connect going to school with basketball. Um, And Michigan was just, I'll tell you this, if it wasn't Michigan, I probably wouldn't have gone to college just because the fit was so perfect. Um, So Destiny played its game there with me. And I'm very happy it did. Now, looking back, it was an easy decision, but like it wasn't really that easy. It took me a long time to decide. And kind of pull the trigger on that. Um, you can ask Beeline about that. He'll, he'll tell you a bunch of stories about those conversations. But um, it was it was very difficult for me. And, um, I mean, looking back at it now, I'm very happy I did it.
0: Yeah, and then you set the tone for France. But here's what I got to ask you before I ask you more about Michigan. Where were you this November when Michigan was playing Ohio State in football? Did you watch that game together? Or? We're in
3: Cleveland. This is actually a funny story. We were in Cleveland <laughs> about to yeah. play the Cavaliers, yeah.
0: That was and a great you, day. Think, have you guys bleeding maize and blue. Are you guys all in on Michigan? Oh hell yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Especially <laughs> if,
3: it's, if it's about talking smack and stuff. Like, whoa! I brought on my Letterman jacket that day. That's for sure. And I, I even played in Michigan shoes in Cleveland. That was, <laughs> um, that was fun. But yeah, obviously, Thanks, um, it's yeah. a great university to be a part of.
0: Yeah. All right. So, Franz, I'm going to ask I'm going to ask Mo about Coach Beeline in a second. But you it was interesting for you because you thought you were coming over to the States to visit Michigan. John Beeline's the head coach. Next thing you know, he's off to the NBA. And now you end up playing for a guy that I always said was perfect for you because Coach Howard is where it was for all these years where you and Mo are now. What was that experience playing for? really a first-year college coach, but someone with all that experience?
2: Um, I mean, it was so much fun. I think it was cool for both me and Mo that obviously for me that going, when I went to college, it wasn't the exact same in the sense that I had, I had my, my own experience with Coach Howard that obviously was, uh, you know, a lot different from uh, from how Coach Beeline um, did things. And um, I mean, I had a great time. I think I learned, um, a great deal, not just about the game, but I think Coach Howard, uh, how he treats people and how, just how he goes about his business, um, very professional-like. Um, I think he's a, he's a great um, fit, not just for Michigan, but just being, being a coach um, and leading young people, I think it um, was super cool for me. And like you said, I think that what's really appealing uh, or should be really appealing to, to a lot of young players is that he's been in the NBA, um, played 19 years, and then was a coach later. And, um, you know, he has all the stories. He, he knows how 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 it feels to be a college kid and then um, how to stick in the league and, um, I mean, play almost 20 years. That's what we are to do. So I think that was a big thing for me, um, making the decision as well.
0: You look back on that couple, the, the time with Coach Howard. Now that you're in the league, do you remember anything he would say to you, like during practice, after practice, like listen, when you get to the league, this is gonna happen and you need to be ready for this.
2: So um that's the thing. Like we played an NBA style. I think for compared to some other college teams, I think we really um, you know, he looks at because he he's from he came from the NBA. So a lot of the sets that we ran, how we played defense, all that was based on um, what he had learned with Miami and what what he played there. So um it was very, very similar in that sense. Um but he he preached always just having good habits. And um, I've seen a college saying it's a little different, but um, I think what what I picked up on it is that not everybody, even on the NBA level, has those habits and um, you know has their routine every day and goes through that every day. So um, not even talking about talent or scoring points, or all that crazy stuff, but just by being um, solid every day and going about your business in a professional way, I think that was the biggest thing that I took away. Um, you know, from, from what he said and how he went about his business. I think um I think it I think just doing that consistently, I think just gets you on a certain level already. And then uh from there, talent and coaching and all that uh, kind of can take it from there.
0: I know one thing when you were at Michigan, you were driving downhill a lot to your right hand, man.
2: Yeah. Strong right hand driving.
0: I'm telling you, no. I mean, that's your strength. I know you do other things well, but Coach Howard sometimes, I thought, put you in a great position in that regard to uh,
2: – No, no for sure. Um, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All
0: right, so, Mo, you played for what I call a quirky genius. You know, Coach Beeline, well, I call him a quirky genius because okay. he definitely had his quirks. What are, what are some of the, like, strange basketball things you learned from him that, like, you go, man, that makes sense? Can you think of anything?
3: Well – I mean the strange, when you when you say strange, the first thing that comes to mind is this terminology, I would say. Um, without putting any like negative connotation on it at all. I think it's actually pretty funny or cool. Um, because you can hear like people that were in that coaching tree that are in different places now. They talk about that stuff in a way that other people can't understand what they mean. And Coach Bon have names for everything. Um which like random names that wouldn't like breakfast foods or like animals. And we were out there in South Carolina and packed the uh, arenas and he would just call out French toast and people would look at it as funny or like stuff like that. Um, but they were all buckets, you know, that was the crazy thing. It would all work. Um, and that was like, to me, the strangest thing when I first saw. It, I was like, okay, that's how we do it. I guess that's how we do it. He kind of invented basketball in his own way. And he taught it in his own way, um, and then made sure that everybody who came through understood it in his way and perfected it at that. Um, and that obviously, I mean, for me, what I've learned most about that stuff is the preparation part. um the the it was cam was and crazy. I mean, that first month of October, we would spend so much time on preparation, film. Um, not only on court stuff but like very diligently everybody work on those plays because um eventually they will work and they were very complicated but they would work and what I always appreciate about Beeline, we would sometimes lose in the beginning of the season and then towards the end we always hit our peak and somehow he that's coaching to me like at a certain point he just let go and let us play and that was his biggest value i think in the beginning he would Be very stressing certain things and make us better, and then towards the end of the year we would get better and better and win and win, and then he would just let go. And during the tournament season, it was just us playing. Um, So that's that. Those are things that I take away and uh, look back and like that was pretty incredible um, and pretty well coached, honestly.
0: Yeah, I told you that I coached against him my first four years as a head coach, and he was the hardest coach to prepare for because of his offensive scheme, I know exactly what you're talking about. Have you let Franz know that you got to a Final Four but that he wasn't able to? I don't think I I have to. (laughs) No, I mean,
3: there's no – I don't think we talked that much smack about it. I mean, I I remember Franz had that ball in his hands against you, so I I wanted that ball to go in so bad, Um, even though it was a different circumstance as with Corona, but just having that experience was so special. Um, but I, I think Franz did pretty well for himself, uh, regardless. Yeah. So I don't feel too bad, to be honest. <laughs>
0: I think I think it turned out okay. I think it's yeah, turned he out turned out well. Okay. well so yeah. yeah. What what do you remember? Uh, what do you remember, Mo about the final f- I know I have to I, I here's what I have to tell you. My other son works at Villanova, he's coaching there now, but forget that one game. But what do you remember about that that I score? will never?
3: I will never I know, a- I know.
0: <laughs> I know. What do you remember about that whole final four run and then playing in front of seventy thousand?
3: Yeah, I mean that. The first thing about the final four, like what you kind of touched on, I will never let that go. I, that's one game I will never be able to let go. Um, Just because, like, you you always ask yourself, "What if you would have won it?" You know, regardless of who you play, it's just, um, it's just that question. Like, how does it feel to win it all? Um, so I will probably never let that go but it is what it is and that experience was incredible like you said I don't know many how you said it was 70,000 it felt like seven million people um, just because it feels like an ocean of people seriously that all cheer for you um, and I remember being out there and like dude all these people like trust us to be good like are they crazy like why do they believe in us you know like sometimes you ask yourself those questions and that whole week is a whole, it's a, is a movie kind of, um, and was a great experience. Obviously will, uh, keep me close to those teammates and staff members forever. And, um, he yeah, did a great job in San Antonio. That was cool.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I asked you about Michigan before both of you guys, like the thing I remember about San Antonio was the, the sea of maize and blue.
3: Yeah, it was insane. You know,
0: Michigan fans from all, all over the country and world for that matter. And, uh, that, that yeah, brand is also, powerful.
3: And then going back to campus like the next week, even though we lost, it was like insane. Like, yeah. I, I remember living with Duncan together and we couldn't go. Away. Like it was it was stupid. And it's it was all almost to the point where like this is cool, but like this is a once in a lifetime experience, and we move on from that. You know, it was it was incredible, man. I mean, you'll never get that back ever. Um, and definitely something yeah. I'll cherish forever.
0: Franzo was a little different. For you, because of COVID, it was so strange seeing those games. Uh, and I know you've had a little experience with it now in the NBA and last year in college. But when you think back to Indianapolis, um, was that weird playing that, that those big games in front of, like, nobody, basically?
2: I mean, it's funny because, like, we played the whole year literally in front of nobody. And then just having, like, I don't know how many. It was, like, a couple <laughs> hundred people maybe there, like, all the parents, basically. And um it felt like it was so many people. Like um it was funny. I that's what I remember, but um, no, it was definitely an interesting experience always going back to the same hotel. We're in there for like three weeks. Um no, but it was it was definitely a lot of fun. And yeah, like I said, it felt like just as many people as um, probably multiplied in front in front of just because the, the whole year was so weird.
0: Yeah. You'll be sharing those experiences forever, both, you know, good and bad, you know, that's cool. I'm not going to keep you longer. I got a few more for you. Uh, Mo, you had that little COVID pause uh, in December when I I actually saw you in the parking lot. I was with you. You were getting tested that day. Yeah. I think you got some some cookies that day, too. uh, (laughs) But uh, what, um, what's the season been, you've been? You're a veteran now. I mean, you've been around and you've been traded and free agent. What's the season been like? And can you tell if it's getting back, you know, closer to normal anyway? And how are you feeling?
3: You're talking about, like, COVID symptoms and how does it yeah. affect my basketball?
0: Yeah. I will say. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, so this is not my first time getting COVID. I remember last year when I was with DCI COVID and it took me out really bad. And then afterwards I actually felt fine, but I was out for a good two weeks and like in bed and with high fever. And this year COVID wasn't really bad. Um, I just tested positive and I wouldn't even have picked up on it if they didn't tell me I was positive. But um, what, what was mean was that after, like your immune system shuts down or something and I got sick right after way bad, way worse than COVID. So I was out for a good three and a half weeks and um, it took me a while to get back to my normal self, but I feel good, man. I, I feel as good as I've ever been uh, in, in my career. I feel as relaxed as I've ever been mentally, touching along those points of Fran said earlier. It's just so much easier to have somebody, have family around, and be able to distract yourself. And also, uh, being in a position that I've seen some things now. Like I know what's going to happen, you know. And um, so I'm, I'm a little more chill than I would, than I used to be. Um, I would say, and uh, kind of enjoy this experience more than anything
0: else. You think you know? It's funny because you're you're a first round pick. You do get traded. You have kind of learned the business of the NBA even at a young age. Yeah. Having Franz around, uh, that has to almost be like a little security blanket for you. Like, hey, and you got a young team. That's but is it like, hey, let's go out and have fun and enjoy this? One
3: thing I appreciate most about Franz is, I mean he he was a high first round pick you know college worked out really well for him he won he's been playing really well I think um I think everybody knows that and um through that whole hype he's been very solid and been very grounded and I mean I remember he almost dropped 40 and then he played FIFA with me that night and didn't give a a, didn't give a F you know like it's just I you gotta respect that you know it's not everybody not everybody thinks like that and um just comes into the gym every day works regardless and it's very even keel for his age and that's something I wish I would have had at that age seriously it makes me obviously very happy for him because I know sky's the limit and um yeah I mean again it's for us it's like I always say this as a joke but I mean it's serious like we finesse life in a sense you know we we're here in in Orlando Florida it's, it's it's nice weather and we, we, our job is to play basketball and then we hang out with our family like it's, it's stupid um, and uh, there's nothing to not enjoy
0: yeah Franz you're going to be in the rising stars game and uh, you're a confident guy you play like it uh, you uh, I, when you look back uh, to last summer when you got drafted to now does any of this surprise you because you're surprising a lot of people you just come in saying they don't, they don't understand like how good I'm, I can be <laughs>
2: Um, I mean, yeah, I definitely didn't know, like, um, how well or how bad everything would turn out to be. Uh, I mean, nobody really knows. Um, I don't know if I'm surprised, but I definitely didn't expect, um, all this to happen, like to get all this playing time, all this opportunity, um, you know, and to, um, you know, feel more comfortable with each game. I think, um, you know, getting, getting so much time on the court, I think early on, um, helps me now a lot and um obviously we have a young team and we're figuring things out together as as a whole team so that helps me too um no i think um looking back i definitely didn't expect all this to happen
0: yeah well you you, you've dunked on some people this year that have uh have gone viral so that's pretty (laughs) uh hey mo i i gotta ask you about the olympic experience it wasn't quite the same as marching through a stadium with thousands of people but what was it like, uh, you know, first of all, going to Tokyo, give me the, the wrap up of just the environment, but then also both of you guys are gonna get a chance in the future to continue to represent uh, you know, your country, Germany.
3: Well, I mean, what made it very special is that we all showed up there that summer, not knowing if we actually gonna go to Tokyo because we still had to qualify. So going through that process and actually qualifying kind of made the experience a little sweeter um, just because you you kind of have leverage in the sense that you've already been through a tournament and you've grown together, you've already tasted success. And now you go to Tokyo and basically have nothing to lose um, because you've already had a lot of fun, you know? And so just having that group um, after that year that I had felt really good being, being part of that group, um, just my biggest takeaway was obviously the Olympics and it's all glamorous and all that stuff. But uh, my biggest takeaway was the purity of, of sports, how everything is just about the, 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 the pure basketball, basketball or whatever it is, fencing, whatever sport it is. Like there's no luxury. You don't sleep in the four seasons or you don't get like, I don't know, you don't, there's nothing, none of that. You know, you sleep in cardboard beds in, in the Olympic village and it's very, Narrowed down to the to the to the minimum of what you really need in order to perform, and that's really what everything people care about um, and being together. So, um, I've learned a lot about, and I learned how to appreciate basketball on a whole different level, um, and it was a great experience for me, and um, gained a lot of relationships out of that experience for sure.
0: Yeah, German basketball, I know it's growing, and uh, did did that wet your appetite, France? What he went through, that you know. I want to do this in 23 and 20, hopefully 24.
2: No, yeah, I think, um, for all of, um, you know, basketball, Germany, I think, um, just to get to the Olympics, the last time was in 08. Um, uh, so I think it was really special for all of us to to watch that. And obviously seeing more, there was, was really cool. And, um, uh, yeah, definitely, um, hope to do that in the future too. I think the Olympics, um, as, as athletes, maybe not as NBA athletes, but for all the other athletes in the world, that's like the event um, to be. And so I think um, just knowing how special that is and um, how rare it is, too, um, I think I definitely want to be a part of that.
0: Yeah. You know why? Uh, this is the last thing I'll tell you guys. I know why German bas- German basketball is growing when I didn't ask you a single question about Dirk, you know, when, like you guys are standing on your own now. And I know, I know, I know coach Mosley and Dirk are really close and Dirk has been to some games, correct? He's a a couple of times. And, uh, what, what just give me one overview of Dirk Nowitzki when it, when you, when I think of a 20 year old and a 24 year old German in the NBA, when I say Dirk Nowitzki to both of you guys, just tell me your first thought, uh, Mo.
2: I mean, Mo said it earlier, like blueprint, like, um, as a, as a German, um, you know, how humble he is and how successful he was and how, how humble he stayed throughout that. I think um, that's what Germans tend to compare every other German player to, which is not always fair, but that's, like, what all of, um, all of basically, all of German, young young
3: German basketball players want to be and um, what we look at as a role model, so, yeah. To me, I mean, Dirk, like, when he won that in 2011, I think, yeah, I think for sure, Um <laughs> That was like the first time in my life, um, like realizing uh, what winning can mean to somebody, you know? Um, and like Franz said, like just seeing him, how he won that and how much that meant to him, um, what he had put in there um, was pretty special to see. And I, like Blueprint is right. Just, just the, the, the notion that it is possible. Um, that hope that's kind of what he represents for us you know um, because uh, um, NBA is a far world man the America is a far world for German kids that play in Berlin or wherever and um, the notion that yeah there is hope you can make it um, that 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 means a lot so that's kind of what he stands for um, yeah
0: well you guys are off to a great start both of you and I, I know it's a I know it wasn't a long road trip, but getting back in the middle of the night, it's not easy. And I appreciate you guys spending a little time with me today and uh, continued success to both you guys. And enjoy this time together because you know how the NBA works. It's, it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Both you guys stay healthy and have a have a great season. And by the way, you know, I'm a Magic fan and uh, I like the direction you guys are going. So, keep oh, it up. appreciate Thanks.
2: it. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for having me. us.
0: Many thanks to Mo and Franz Wagner and much success as they continue their NBA journeys. And uh, both of those young guys, uh, Mo has been in the league now a handful of years, still a young player. And then Franz, as we mentioned, and as you can tell, uh, has exploded on the NBA scene and uh, has a very bright future. And we thank them both. Uh, It's not easy to play in the NBA to have two young guys from one family born in Germany, playing in the league is pretty cool so thanks to the Wagner uh, brothers and um, hey if you like what we're doing remember rate and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts as I finish up the college season the next couple weeks I'm traveling across America and uh, really excited about that but you can imagine that wherever I am I will definitely take you to another place next week in my world of basketball World of Basketball is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Chris Tyler. Sound designed by Robert Moore. A special thanks to Sirius XM, Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cullen. Sirius XM Podcasts.